right. Hello. It is once again the Saturday DFS pod here. I'm Matt Harmon from Yahoo Fantasy. I've also got TJ Hernandez from 4 for 4. TJ, what's going on, buddy? Matt, what's up, man? Uh, just getting ready for another great week of fantasy. We don't have half the league on by this week, so it uh, should be a fun one. Yeah, uh, that is nice. That's a nice touch to not have the entire, like all of the good players, all yeah, of the good the teams. Good players are back. It- <laughs> <laughs> the good players are bad, although unfortunately, like two of the teams, Dallas and Minnesota, are not on the main slate, but at least they're going to save the primetime uh, slate for us here. That's yeah. going to be nice. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what they uh, we'll see what becomes of New York and Kansas City on Monday night. I'm, I'm uh, probably going to miss that one due to some personal life stuff, which is like I'm actually OK. That's fine. Of that- all the, I'm. Right. I mean that's that that's arguably one of the most important games of the year though right because if if the Chiefs don't get right on Monday night against the Giants then I think all of the the concerns that I think some people have talked about this week are warranted um if yeah. if, if not then I, I think maybe they'll they'll bounce back But you know what all that means that I will know whether that happened after the game is over <laughs> yeah. so like I will be able to participate in the what is going to be a week-long discourse about the whole Chiefs thing. If we aren't already there, we'll definitely be there if they lose to the friggin' Giants. So, yeah. like, it's all that matters is getting in the takes afterwards. Like, the journey is not important. The destination is important. I'll be at the destination. I'm just going to be a few hours late. So that's all that matters there. Results, but, uh, we results will... over process, baby. Damn straight. Damn straight. That's exactly right. All right. Let's jump right into uh, some things this week. DJ, uh, DJ, I just called you DJ. What a terrible situation that was. Foreshadowing. Um, You're foreshadowing already. Good point. Yeah, I'm already foreshadowing things here. See, thank you. Uh, You made me look so much better in that (laughs) moment. But uh, before we get into our picks and everything like that, uh, is there any sort of, you know, big view picture stuff you want to talk about? Because last week really was kind of it was a lot of blowouts, a lot of bad games. Um, But I think we can learn a few things out of that. Yeah. Have we talked about the concept of, of, of flipping the build in terms of salary on here? Um, I mean, shoot, dude, if we did, I don't remember. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, mean, well, it it did. It it did come up last week if we looked at at lineups that uh, Mm -hmm. did very well in in tournaments. And I think there's a lot of opportunity for it this week. And when I say uh, flipping the build, I'm talking about salary allocation in terms of how much most lineups are spending at each position and there's kind of a ebb and flow to DFS and and we talk mm-hmm. about it a lot with individual player roster rates but uh, there's also certain things we see where we'll just see a lot of positions maybe it's um, because we have some free squares at running back or because quarterbacks are in really good spots that people are just falling into really distinct salary tiers at each position uh, for example this week it just looks like a lot of people are going to be paying up for quarterbacks and wide receivers so in we a lot of people play tournaments and they think what team isn't going to be popular, which players are going to be popular, and that's all well and good. We should be thinking those things. But also if there's an overwhelmingly high percentage of lineups that are spending salary on a, a certain position or not spending salary on a certain position, that's just as much as a leverage opportunity as playing a player that isn't in a lot of lineups. So if you can say, hey, nobody's paying up for running backs this week, the running, these running backs are expensive because they all get 20 plus touches. And no one's playing them. If I'm the one guy that's paying for two expensive running backs, my lineup's going to be unique, even if I have popular pass catchers around those running mm-hmm. backs. So just another thing to think about when you're playing something like the baller and, and you're playing against tens of thousands of other lineups and trying to be different. Uh, that's another another layer to it. 
Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. And I think actually one, or some of the running backs we're going to talk about today might fit into that category. So let's dive right into it. You know, I know last week you talked a lot about sort of the high value quarterbacks mm-hmm. and everything like that. Well, we're jumping right here into the meat of that. Both of our yes. guys are top three at the position uh, this week. You started off with the most expensive player, uh, Josh Allen. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to mention last week we talked about how Yahoo prices these top quarterbacks at such a high percentage of the salary that oftentimes talking about like a Mahomes last week who obviously didn't pay off, but oftentimes it's just not worth it to, to pay up for those guys because you can't make up for it elsewhere. This week, we do have a lot of players that are men's salary, near men's salary, sub $15 that are very viable. So it lets you get up to a player um, like Josh Allen on a Bills team that is projected for almost 32 points. So even with that mm-hmm. really high salary, Josh Allen still projects as a top three uh, quarterback value on four for four. If if we adjust for strength of schedule, Miami is outside the top 20 in schedule uh, adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks. The Bills, of course, uh, fourth in neutral passing rate. So they're going to throw the ball to get to that big score. And Miami's been thrown against uh, almost as much. They've been facing the seventh highest passing rate in neutral game script. And the thing that we always like about Josh Allen that I just like about my quarterbacks, it, it's obviously the rushing 36 yards per game one touchdown every three games on the ground but just accounting for a huge percentage of that offense he's one of seven quarterbacks that's accounted for at least 75 percent of his team's total yards as well as 75 percent of his team's offensive touchdowns so basically if they're scoring if they're moving the ball it's because of josh allen Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, even the 39 uh, sticker tag there doesn't really throw me off. I mean, like you said, there's just so much potential there. I also think with this game, too, we're not talking about either of these players on the outline, but I think they're both worth uh, mentioning. You know, you you talked about some guys that are sub 15 bucks that are, uh, you know, viable plays. I think Jalen Waddell is absolutely at 14 bucks is a great bring back bring back candidate in this spot as well. And I really like the way Waddell has played with Tua. The volume is there. Good player that can break a big one at some point. It's a tough matchup, obviously, but in negative game script, it could certainly happen. So I I like that part. And Gusecki too at 18, not among the tight ends we're going to talk about, but I think is as viable as anybody right now at that position with the amount of routes and targets he's uh, getting so far. Yeah, and da- and Dawson Knox is out as well, so there's yes. either uh, opportunity for Sweeney or even uh, our friend Evan Silva pointed out it might be finally Gabe Davis time with, with uh, Knox yep. was getting so much of those those that end zone and mm-hmm. um, and and like inside not inside the twenty but like end zone targets from around the twenty. It could be Gabe Davis's time finally. Yeah, finally, uh, you know, maybe maybe you can actually run a route. We'll see. Um, No, (laughs) I'm joking. I do. I do agree with that take. I think that it's a smart one. All right, let's move on to my quarterback pick here. Uh, Matthew Stafford at $34. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, this one doesn't take very much. Like, I just love the way uh, the damn uh, Rams are calling offense this year. You know, they are. I think he's got like a something like a nine uh, average depth of target out of empty this year. It's unbelievable how much you're pushing the ball down the field. It's the Texans, the Texans stink this offense is on fire and look i mean cooper cup highest priced uh, guy on the board this week at wide receiver but still i i still think very much in play and, and you know obviously stafford is the biggest catalyst for this whole thing so it's just if you're going to pay up for quarterback this week i think that josh allen and matthew stafford are great candidates for it 
yeah, the Rams are top five in neutral passing rate as well. And one thing that I like to look at is we talk about quarterback efficiency and a lot of people just talk about efficiency through the air, obviously, things like touchdown rate. I like to look at quarterback fantasy points per snap because it kind of it's kind of just a quick and dirty way to compare rushing quarterbacks efficiency to other quarterbacks efficiency that don't really run. Usually we see those rushing quarterbacks dominate in points per snap because they because of how fantasy scoring works. Mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford tied for the league lead in fantasy points per snap without running the ball. It's just <sighs> unbelievable. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, you know, this is like some nerd stuff, but like if you really do go and um just watch the way they like I think a lot of us assumed that you know, they would just take Matthew Stafford, who's more talented than Jared Goff, and just drop him into the Jared Goff Jared Goff offense. But they're doing so much more than that in LA right now. They yes. really are like yeah. a treat. They're yes. like a treat to watch. Yeah. It's awesome. It's yeah, so it's, really it's so great to see. You know, what's definitely fun is Teddy Bridgewater at twenty six dollars. Why why do you want to play Teddy Bridgewater this week? Well, one thing that Teddy Bridgewater does, and, and maybe the only reason that I really do want to play Teddy Bridgewater is because it is what we talked about at the top of the show. I, I think he's one of the few quarterbacks that you can flip that bill, that you can have a unique salary. I don't think most lineups are going to pay under $30 for a quarterback this week because there's so many quarterbacks above that price tag that are in good spots. So if you want to do like a really true studs and duds build where you pay all the way down at tight end, all the way down at defense, all the way down at quarterback at one or two pass catchers and then have just guys that are over 30 bucks you can do that with the teddy bridgewater surprisingly we've actually seen teddy in two winning uh baller lineups this year and and Mm. i think that has a little bit to do with just the fact that it is that going into that weird salary range and being able to have a unique lineup but also i mean he gets jerry judy back this is an offense that we saw it was clicking early and then teddy got hurt and, and things got a little bit ugly but they're in a really good get right spot against washington last in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks every quarterback since week two has scored at least 24 fantasy points against them. The only quarterback to not hit that mark, Justin Herbert, back in week one, he still went over 300 yards. So uh, I I just like the Denver passing attack with Judy back. I I think people are going to, uh, even if they look at Washington and, and say, yeah, I want to attack them, but I don't know how. I don't know how it's going to play out with Judy back. With what's the target share look like? Just throw Teddy in there with their with Noah Fant, who's been their most you know reliable, consistent guy, and and figure out their wide receivers elsewhere. Yeah, I agree. I think getting Jerry Judy back is is huge. Uh, I mean, I love the guy. He is he's going to give them that layup target in general. Um, I think Jerry Judy's it's probably too aggressive to play him in his first yes, game I back. Agree. Even even in a redraft league, like depending on your options, I would I would rather be patient uh, with Jerry Judy and just see how it goes in yeah. in week one. Uh, but they, they don't Daily need Fantasy. him. They don't need him to come back and and be as good as 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 we think he is because mm-hmm. Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton have been playing great as well as Noah Fan. Yep. Yep. No, they have a they have a really good set of receivers there, a good set of pass catchers in general. So no, it makes a ton of sense uh, that play there. My chief quarterback is Matt Ryan at twenty four. I definitely think he fits into this whole flipping the build thing that you're talking about here. You know, his yards per attempt is up in four straight or three straight games: six point seven, seven point six, eight point four. Um, I think the Falcons' offense in general. I know we're going to talk about another piece of this Falcons' offense later on. I think they're figuring it out. I think that a lot of these players are, you know, whether it's 
it's CPAT, whether it's Ridley. I know Ridley didn't hit like a huge game last week, but still 10 targets, scored a touchdown. Um, I don't see anything wrong with Ridley when I watch him. So I think it's just like a matter of time before he has that eruption game. And obviously, oh my God, what Kyle Pitts did, you know, it's all <laughs> coming together uh, here for the Falcons offense. Like I think their team trending in the right direction. And Matt Ryan has gotten some, you know, heat early in the season for like, oh, is it over for him? Is he really starting to decline? If you take out that week one nightmare of a game, uh, which, you know, like they made the damn Eagles offense look oh, like man, like the next, you know, Rams offense or something like that because their defense is that bad. If you take that game out, Matt Ryan, I think, is seventh in EPA per play right now among quarterbacks, which is pretty incredible considering how, you know, he's not really at all talked about among guys like Kyler Murray and Joe Burrow and obviously Matthew Stafford who are up there in that stat. So, yeah, I think that Matt Ryan is a is a pretty reasonable play if you want to get up there at other positions. Um, very reasonable, I would say. Um, a, a lot of the players around him are going to be uh, popular this week, and, and a lot, may, you know, may, maybe two or three of the players around him are going to be pretty popular this week, and we're going to talk about a couple of them. So it would make sense that if a lot of his pass catchers are are going to be targeted by really good DFS players that their quarterback should have a good game. Uh, 10 touchdowns and just one interception over his last four games. And like you said, things starting to click. It's it's not a coincidence. I mean, Arthur Smith came in and, and really is it changed the offense that they've been running. They've been, they've had a very similar offense, whether it's been um, um, Sarkeesian or um, uh, Dirk Cotter. Dirk Cotter. Uh, yeah. yeah it's, it's been really similar with both of those guys. And, and Arthur Smith is going to take some growing pains with the quarterback that's been in the league as long as he has. But we saw them, they came out of the bye. probably not a coincidence that coming out of the bye they have their highest neutral passing rate of the season in a single game. Granted it's against Miami, but I think they start leaning on a lot of these weapons that we're going to be talking about uh, coming up. Yeah, I think they're finally ditching the whole establish the run thing, which is good because this is yes, not going to happen with Mike Davis that in that offensive shortly. line. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Uh, all right, running backs. You mentioned it. The high, uh, more high-tier guys at this position this week, Derek Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara, those guys are all 33 and above. Yep. It seems like you think those will not be popular guys or, or you might not be willing to click on those guys there. Tell us who your top running back, uh, top price running back is guy this week. I, I think all of those guys are going to be really intriguing for the reasons that mm -hmm. we talked about in, in terms of, of building a different salary. But if we're talking just straight value plays like we're trying to do here, I mean, Daryl Henderson is will be one of the most popular running backs, but probably one of the most mispriced players on the slate at $23. And that's because he was in a very similar spot last week and didn't perform up to expectations. It, it looked like a blow-up spot and then puts up single-digit fantasy points, uh, but he gets to run it back as a 14.5-point favorite against uh, Houston. Henderson's one of six players with at least 75% of his backfield touches over the last month. Um, he's top 10 in red zone targets among running backs. And, and this is why I, I'm not concerned about last week. It's not like it was a usage thing. It was a touchdown variance thing. And that's just going to happen, especially on pass heavy teams. But it's not like he's one of these running backs that isn't involved in the passing game. He's getting targeted in the red zone. He's the only running back with multiple end zone targets this season and the uh, Texans, he's can obviously still get it done on the ground. Texans, one of four teams, uh, only four teams have allowed more rushing touchdowns than Houston this year. So I'm going right back to, to the Hindo train. I'm not too worried about that uh, eight or nine point game or whatever it was last week. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm telling you, as somebody that did play Daryl Henderson everywhere, like I, you know, if people think like me, they're going to be like, man, you know. 
I played this guy last week and blah, oh. blah, blah, blah. It didn't really work out, you know? So, I mean, I don't, I'm not thinking that way, but there's I agree. A, I think there's enough be, of yeah. those guys and they sound like that too. When they say it exactly. Like <laughs> I'm that. not, I'm not <laughs> playing that guy after what he did to me last week. Yeah, no, I think that, uh, there, he will be very unpopular and like, you know, a lot of folks will click on Matthew Stafford. They'll click on Cooper cup. Yes. They'll click on those parts of the Rams passing game. Even a few of the other ones we're going to talk about later. Uh, but I think Henderson will go uh, under rostered this week. So that's a good call by you. I think if you're going to look at these running backs, you know, maybe not those top four that we talked about, but if you're going to try to build that unique lineup, I think James Robinson is a guy who will also come in at a low roster rate. And, you know, you look at him 30 bucks the Jacksonville offense is sort of kind of starting to figure itself out, I think. And I think most of it is just they're centering on James Robinson as that sure. focal point, you know, which is, I mean, this guy's just a survivor, right? He consistently, um, you know, undrafted free agent, has a great season in his rookie. They try to replace him, like, by two guys, basically. Like, they try to draft a running back in the first round. They bring in old Carlos Hyde, like oh Ohio God. State connective tissue there. But James Robinson just keeps going out there and kicking ass, man, and it's great to see. And, you know, you look at James Robinson here at home. Okay, well, actually, are they, you know, this game's in Seattle, right? In Seattle, yes. In Seattle, but either way, like Seattle's defense stinks yep. out loud, man. Yep. Alvin Kamara was wrecking them. Obviously, not as much. They were really trying to focus on the run game, but then it's like, Pete Carroll, have you ever watched Alvin Kamara ever? How are you giving? <laughs> how are you allowing him to just have these like little flat routes out of yeah. the backfield with a free? Oh my god, it was Seattle. Come back to us, man. What are we doing here? So I think this is just a good situation for James Robinson to touch the ball twenty plus times at a low roster rate, and uh, you know, as a central point of a team's offense in a very good matchup. Yeah, he leads the league in percentage of, of backfield touches over the last month, uh, 88%. And like you said, people are going to see that J-A-X next to his name, and, and they're not going to worry about the, the volume or the, or the matchup. They're just going to see Jacksonville, and you don't play Jacksonville players in fantasy. No. Uh, and also, too, you know, that's exactly who he was last year. Like the guy who mm-hmm. led the NFL in like percentage of backfield touches yes, or for a exactly. long stretch. And we're just right back there. Like I said, the guy is a survivor. You can't get rid of him. Uh, he's like a good version of a cockroach. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe you could say the same thing about our next player here. James uh, Robinson. Cordero I think uh, James Robinson, for the record, I think you're much more than a good cockroach. Well, what's the other thing that like survives the nuke? Oh, a Twinkie survives the nuclear holocaust there or whatever. It's that and cockroach. He's a, he's a Twinkie. OK, okay. I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah, we didn't get the Photoshop that we wanted a couple of weeks ago. Maybe a, maybe we get a James Robinson on a Twinkie or a okay. cockroach and see what looks better. Yeah, that would be nice. All right, Cordero Patterson, he's the survivor. He's been around forever, he's like 100 mm-hmm. years at this point. So, uh, But he's with a team that has finally figured out, and he's just $17 this week. Just $17, and because of that, he is the top value across all positions at 4 for 4. And uh, again, going back to, you said, the, the Falcons with Matt Ryan, getting away from that established the run, coming Coming out of the bye, Mike Davis saw just four touches, and I think that is something that I don't think it'll be four, but I think that 15-15 touch split that we saw Mm -hmm. the first five or six weeks, um, I think that's out the window. I I mean, it's obviously going to be hard for Cordero to get... 15 touches but every week but if he's getting 12 or 13 I think Mike Davis will be down to to you know 6 or 7 maybe and Patterson is there they came out and they use he's getting more 
touches than Mike Davis in the backfield. He's getting as many routes as Pitts and and, and uh, Calvin Ridley on the outside in the slot. They're just using him everywhere. He's fifth in the league in red zone targets. So you're getting a a, a true, we, we like to say running back wide receiver hybrid a lot, but no one ever really is, mm-hmm. right? It's just, it's yeah. usually a, a running back lining up in the slot or a, a wide receiver that gets a, a couple sweeps and we like to call him hybrid. Yeah. Corderell's a true hybrid right now. Yeah, old Austin Eckler uh, getting in my face about very, very much like I'm very much dramatizing this story right now. Getting in my face about wanting me to chart his routes or whatever because he's taking like 17% of his snaps out of the slot or whatever while we're lifting weights together, me and Eckler. But give me a break, bro. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'll Back chart off. me some CPAT. Maybe, yeah, I would Back not off, say this Austin. to his face. <laughs> give me a Man, break. Man, you are making running back enemies today. We got Robinson Cockroach. You're yelling at Austin Eckler. I Man, know. Guy, I like the good guys in the league too. I right? know. Well, see, I should probably stop. I should chart, probably you, stop. You get known for reception perception, and then you just forget about all the other positions. Well, it was a tough scene with Eckler when you know this was pre-pandemic <laughs> or whatever. He uh, he's like, "What do I, what's so what's mine look like?" I'm like, "Well, I, you're a running back, dude. I only do receivers." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what? It's like what? I, he, had his, like, he had his percentage of snaps ready to roll from the slot and all this stuff. But he is a fa- he is a fantasy guy. He is big, big fantasy guy. Watch Eckler's Edge right here on Yahoo Sports. <laughs> Boom! What a tie-in there. Uh, Cordero Patterson, though, maybe I got it. Maybe well, CPAT has me blocked on Twitter. That's a whole other story. Oh so I can't. He can't even check out his reception perception if he wanted to. But anyways, like, <laughs> what the hell are we talking about here? What I was gonna I say know. before before I got on this whole stupid tangent, what I was gonna say is I can't believe Patterson was twenty three dollars uh, last week, and yes. now he's all the way down to seventeen, despite the fact that he touched the ball fifteen times, scored a touchdown, did get five targets. Maybe it's because of the whole like he's a receiver slash running back the, the situation. But that 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 drop is interesting. Yeah, or I mean, maybe I, I guess he's officially like listed as a running back, and, and Carolina is listed as a tough running back matchup, mm-hmm. even though that's weighted a little bit heavy um, towards the early season. So maybe that's a little overweighted in the algo. Either way, seventeen bucks is way too cheap for Cordero. Yeah, I mean, even seventeen at receiver, he's in an interesting range there. If he was there, so yeah, I mean, it's just like he's not really a traditional. As much as we're saying like running back receiver hybrid, he's not like a traditional traditional running back. So I don't think the matchup part of it matters as much for him. Exactly. Um, in that same range, a uh, guy that I think will go overlooked is Zach Moss because people are obviously going to look at the matchup between Miami and uh, and Buffalo from a passing game perspective, and we uh, have talked about that. We'll we'll continue to talk about that with our player picks here. But you know, Zach Moss like. Buffalo is a 14 point home favorite. You think Zach Moss is not touching that ball like 15 to 18 times in this sure. game and like potentially scoring a touchdown. I think he is a guy that if you're wanting to save a little bit at running back, he is an option that people might not initially look at. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm going straight off memory here, but I'm pretty sure I saw that Miami is, is near the top of the league and, and missed tackle rate against running back. So uh, that should be an opportunity for them to break one. Do you, do you think, um, what do you think his, his splits look like with Singletary this week? Oh, I mean, I think that you're, this is a game where Moss should should lead the backfield by a pretty decent amount. I also just think okay. Zach Moss is kind of the better player. 
Sure. And, and, and early in the season when both of them, they, they've been kind of on and off, but early in the season um, when both of them were playing pretty much equal snap, Zach Moss was getting the touches inside the 10 yard line. And, and I think Zach Moss will be like, he's not going to be a 1% guy this week. He might be like a seven or 8% guy, but that's, mm-hmm. that's what you want from like your second running back spot. You don't need or really ever want a 1% guy. So people will play Moss a little bit, but if you start hearing his name on other podcasts, I wouldn't get nervous. I think he'll still be sub 10%. All right, let's move to wide receivers. I for, uh, foreshadowed this at the beginning of the podcast, yeah. but uh, TJ, DJ, tell us about DJ Moore. Well, we talked about our plan to record our DJ Moore segments and just play them on loop every week, and then he uh, he got expensive, but he's back down to $23. Those age uh, very and, poorly, by the way, because <laughs> the whole thing with the Panthers is just kind of falling apart. Yeah, um, the, the the Sam Darnold experiment is, is not going uh, as great as it was in the first few weeks. and, what and a because shock. of. Yeah, because of that, DJ Moore's uh, fantasy numbers have really fallen off the table. He is 50th in fantasy points per game at wide receiver over the last three weeks. Um, But he's sixth in expected fantasy points over the last three weeks based off the four for four breakout receiver model. So that usage, no matter what your quarterback is Sam Darnold or not, usually normalizes and often normalizes in a very big way. Atlanta is a defense to do that against. They're the only defense in the league that four for four ranks in the bottom 10 and schedule adjusted points to every skill position, including quarterback and wide receiver. And Moore's getting usage. He's still top, uh, top three in targets per game yep. tied with Devontae Adams. So, uh, I think things should, if things don't turn around against this defense, um, then maybe we start sounding the alarms, but I don't think we sound them just yet on, on DJ. I'm not, I think people might get a little bit blinded because like Robbie's getting noticed as, as a player that's getting a lot of volume. So like we expect it from DJ, but not from Robbie and, and people are going to be like, Oh, he's cheaper play him. And DJ Moore's our, our top value receiver. So I, I think you're still mm. going to get, he's probably still going to be, pretty unpopular even though he's cheap and Robbie might just like accidentally get a couple of the shares that should go DJ's way but just take the best player on the team yeah take the guy who is you know maybe not playing his best right now DJ mm-hmm. Morris you know he's dropped a yeah. couple passes here and there yeah. but like I think Robbie's legit got the yips right now and, and like his his yeah, whole man. yeah his whole usage is just way different than it was last year, but now also it's kind of switching back a little bit. That I don't know that whole situation. I would, I would, that is one of those ones where it's like usually I'd love to be ahead of the curve, but like I would, I'll, I'll wait till Robbie like figures this whole thing out before mm-hmm. I start thinking about him again. Um, yeah, add, add Robbie on your enemy list too. You got Corderell, you got Robbie. Just keep going all, all, all podcasts today. Just make all the NFL enemies today. <laughs> Robbie, Robbie might. Uh, <laughs> that's that one. I might be a little worried about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Austin Eckler could kick my ass if he wanted to, but I'm actually a little more worried. He's a nice guy. I'm a little more worried about Robbie Anderson, so I'll stop talking now. But one guy who I know will never be my enemy uh, has said we are best friends is Stefan Diggs. So, like, let me just let's let's focus on the positive here. Although I, he owes me a Mario Kart uh, matchup, but that's another yeah. discussion. Thirty bucks for Stefan Diggs going against a team that plays the most man coverage in the NFL, the Miami Dolphins. We know that Steph Diggs obliterates Miami, uh, Miami, and also man coverage. Both things can be true here, obviously. So I just love Diggs this week. He got going against the Tennessee Titans before the bye. Had that decent game there, but I still. Think I think there's so much um, still unrealized opportunity from the early part of the season that at some point is going to transfer into a monster game. I really think Buffalo comes in here and like blows the doors off Miami. And I think Steph Diggs and uh, Josh Allen are a big part of that. 
Yep, I've, I've pretty much laid out why I like Josh Allen. So that's obviously going to translate. And I mean, Diggs, again, I, I mentioned like maybe Gabe Davis benefits because Dawson Knox is out. Dawson Knox was just taking a lot of touchdown equity away from everybody. So it doesn't know. It's not always just like when, when those players uh, get hurt or, or their their shares are gone. It's not like this even distribution to everybody else. Sometimes a player like Diggs is just like, okay, I'm just going to take everything from yeah, everybody yeah. because I'm the best player here. So um, he, he's still going to have some huge monster games like you said yeah at some point we're gonna get a double digit touchdown game or uh, excuse me a multiple touchdown that would game. be a record that would be nice that would be nice that would be nice a double digit touchdown game that'd be pretty <laughs> sweet uh but I, like you know at some point we're gonna get multiple touchdowns this is a pretty mm-hmm. good week for that to happen going all the way from 30 down to 11 yeah let's talk van jefferson Going back to uh, Stafford, and I already talked about Henderson, so obviously we're just on this game in general. But if you are going to be stacking this team, it's going to be tough to get unique with any of those players, including Cooper Cup. Van Jefferson will let you do that, so he'll lower your roster rate while also lowering your average salary of the stack down at $11. Last week, uh, in a close game, surprisingly close game, saw a season-high 94% of snaps and a 7 target share. He's the only Ram besides Deshaun Jackson with an average depth of target over 10 yards. And obviously, uh, as I mentioned, with a 94% snap share, it looks like he's moving past Deshaun in terms of where he ranks uh, on the team in that receiver pecking order. The Rams, you talked about, um, what, nine yards on on an average depth of target and empty sets. And if we look overall top five and average depth of target, just as a team, Houston last in fantasy points per pass attempt allowed on targets of 15 uh, plus air yards. So basically they are not good against the deep ball. This is very true. Shock. I'm going to stay in the same game for my next wide receiver pick. 15 bones for Brandon Cooks. Give me a break on that one. In weeks five through seven, Brandon Cooks among wide receivers ranks 15th in his percentage of team air yards, 20th in percentage of team targets, 22nd in targets per game. In weeks one through three, he was first, second, and fifth in those categories among wide receivers. Uh, what's the coincidence here? Obviously, one of those games in weeks one through three uh, is Davis Mills, but the first two were primarily uh, Tyrod Taylor. Sounds like Tyrod is close. He's by the time you're listening to this on Saturday, you might well know whether Tyrod's going to be going to be playing in this game or not. Uh, I almost think, regardless, I think Brandon Cooks is a very good play. Number one, hashtag revenge game. Number two, coming into last week, the Rams were top three in terms of catches allowed to wide receivers. Like they will give you that underneath stuff. I think Brandon Cooks can get pummeled with some underneath catches in this game, pile up some production, and for fifteen dollars, I mean, if you want to access Matthew Stafford, you want to access uh, Cooper Cup and run it back with somebody i mean cooks is just at such a great value this week again would love him if tyrod is there but i still like him regardless yes exactly love if tyrod is there we do a um sam hoppin does a article every week on four for four that compares weighted opportunity to targets per route run and brandon cooks is basically he the only players that are close to him are cooper cup and Devonte. so in terms of like how much his team uses him he's near the top it's just hard to translate that into a lot of fantasy points with davis mills but uh yeah. hopefully he gets tyrod back yeah, let's hope. Fingers crossed. It's enough of Davis Mills already. We we, we get it. Uh, all right, let's move to tight end. I gushed uh, about Kyle Pitts when I merely said the name earlier. $21. He is your top pick at tight end this week. And TJ, I mean, honestly, he might be like the best tight end the rest of the season. He might be better than Travis Kelsey the rest of the season. I, I, I think that there is a very realistic chance that 
Like in terms of rest of season rankings, I've got him at two now for sure. Oh wow! But I'm getting close. I'm getting close. Oh. I'll tell you that. Uh, I I don't know if I'm gonna go that far, but the <laughs> the fact that we're even having the conversation should tell you that twenty one dollars is a huge bargain because as we talked about last week with Kelsey. Yahoo generally prices their tight ends relatively low at the ceiling compared to other positions. And when they do price them all the way up, it's usually at $27 or $28. So you're still getting a huge discount at $21 for somebody that you could consider, at least in the conversation, for the overall tight end one. And the reason is because the Falcons have basically the two biggest DFS cheat codes in the league right now. We already talked about Corderell being a true hybrid and you're getting to play him at right. Really either position you would play him at, it would be cheating. And now Kyle Pitts, he's a, he's a receiver, right? He's a, mm-hmm. can we say, can we say he's a wide receiver with a tight end tag? Can we say that? Just don't, don't make me, don't do that. Cause then people are gonna be like, when's the, when's the Kyle Pitts reception perception? I'm not him, trying to add to my okay, workload. Him, him and Austin Eckler can Rochambeau for who gets the reception perception and they can deal with that oh, in the God. off season. Uh, oh, so no, I'll, pay, I'll pay for that. I'll pay to watch that. <laughs> Uh, he, he's, he's basically a, a high end wide receiver at a tight end two tier price tag. So he, he leads all pass catchers in expected fantasy points per game over the last three weeks. That's including wide receiver. That means he has more expected points than Avante has more than Travis Kelsey, more than Cooper cup. Everybody's hero. The expected, the usage, the targets, they're all leading to Kyle Pitts being the fantasy monster. And he's just underpriced. Um, he's fifth in yards over the last month. Everybody else that's in the top 10 has played four games. He's played three. I love it. I love it. Yeah, dude, Kyle Pitts is so good. Going to get all those vertical targets. It's so awesome. All right, my uh, pick here for tight end is, oh, my God, it's another player from the Rams-Texans game who's not on the Texans. (laughs) (laughs) Tyler Higbee at $19. Look, Tyler Higbee uh, is actually top 10 in the NFL in red zone targets right now. Um, He saw his second highest target share of the season last week. Like, he had a pretty decent game against the Lions. But, TJ, I don't know if you know this, there's a little site called 4 for 4 that does schedule mm-hmm. adjusted fantasy points allowed mm-hmm. the positions and i believe tyler higby with the rams gets a matchup against the houston texans who are 31st in that particular metric so boom yeah and, drink, and i i think some people that if maybe if you haven't played a ton of tournaments you might hear this podcast and say well you're just telling me to play all the rams how does that help me on Yahoo, where, <laughs> where, 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 well, no, listen, on Yahoo, we're scoring is half PPR. We should really be leaning into, especially when we're building tournament teams, leaning into looking for games where we don't have to get a bunch of things right. If you're playing players like one player from each game, you need every player to hit perfectly, right? So instead mm. of doing that, you can make the, the argument, and we've seen it a lot in successful tournament lineups call it an onslaught, call it a mega stack, whatever it is, you can play four players from one game or even from one offense. And if they hit, if they go crazy, instead of trying to hand pick one player from each game, you just pick the game that's going to go bonkers. And if it does, you could play three or four of these guys that we've mentioned together. And if the Rams go off like they should, 32 point implied point total, then you're going to benefit over the field. So, um, So don't be afraid to play all these guys together. I was going to bring up the implied point total thing, too, especially because like when you're looking at half PPR, you're looking more to, like you said, not getting everything right. Um, and especially just hunting for touchdowns, especially exactly. when you look at the teams this week that are top five and implied 
point total, you've got the Bills, who we've talked about a ton, the Rams, who we've talked about a ton. Then it's the Chiefs, Cardinals, and Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, those three teams do not play on the main slate. So, like, these yes. are those two. This is why it might be a good week to just, like, go heavy on the Bills, go heavy on the uh, on the Rams and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. Just yeah, and, and when you look at those implied point totals, we have the Bills and the Rams, and a lot of times it, it is very linear, where it's like we have 32, 31, the next team might be 30, the next team might be 29. It goes from like basically 31 or 32 all the way down to 28 to at mm-hmm. Tampa. So there's yep. almost a four-point gap. So that's that huge drop-off. Those are the weeks where maybe if you are going to load up on the most popular offenses, you don't tiptoe around it. You just lean into it and play four of their guys. Yeah. That is a fair point. Now, a team that does not have a very implied, uh, <laughs> <laughs> implied, a uh, high implied team total is the Washington football team. But you still think he of the um, beer bet, Ricky Seals Jones, is in play this week? Yeah, the the hyphened one, RSJ. Uh, this is just a salary hasn't adjusted to to his price play down at $11 over the last three games 7.3 targets per game the only tight end that's run more routes in that span is Travis Kelsey so the matchup isn't great um we talked about on the Denver side that they could have they, they could push the tempo a little bit with Jerry Judy back just in a really good passing matchup uh if they can get back to that early season form it will force Washington to throw maybe a little more than expected and and RSJ I mean even if all those things weren't um, a factor just at $11 on a bad tight end week five of the top seven tight ends in terms of point per game are off the main slate so Mm. why not pay all the way down if you're not going to pay for pits yeah I think that makes a ton of sense and if you're in that range you're paying all the way down what about Adam Troutman listen I know what about I know I know it's Adam Troutman, uh, but uh, listen, he was second on the team in routes run against the Seahawks on Sunday. The Bucks, we know they're just like a pass funnel in general because nobody tries to run on them, except Khalil Herbert, I guess, runs yeah, on the Bucks. Jeez, God almighty. Uh, anyways, like we, this is Jameis going back against his old team. How exciting. Uh, listen, I think that the Saints are starting to trust him a little more. They still mm. want to. They still want to baby him a little bit, and that's fine. But if they're they're gonna probably open this thing up a little more uh, than we've seen previously, Troutman going against this Bucks team that's allowed the most catches, uh, two tight ends this year so far, I think is a pretty decent punt play at just ten bucks. Yeah, the uh, I'm not even gonna talk about Troutman, but if you watch the Eli <laughs> and if you watch if you watch the Eli and Peyton uh, Monday night watch. game, they they had Drew Brees on there, and they said, "Is this?" Is this the same offense with Jameis? And basically, they went to commercial before he could answer. So that, I just thought that was pretty funny because he was Yikes. like, it's, no, it's it's, uh, yeah. it's not even close to the same. Not offense. even close. <laughs> not even close. Do you like the so you watch the Peyton, the Peyton Eli yes. Bonanza? Yes. Do you like it? I can't even fathom watching a regular broadcast anymore. It's that good. Uh, okay. I all right. <laughs> I have not I don't tweet about this because I just don't want to hate my life. Um <laughs> And I have no problem with people liking the Manning broadcast. And I also am not like the let me hate what everybody loves guy like on Twitter. Those people are the stone worst. But like call me a boomer or just like a traditionalist or whatever. But like I just want to watch the game. All right. Like, sure. I just just want to watch the game. Do I think Steve Levy says some dumb stuff every now and again? 100 percent. Not my favorite booth ever, but like. I'm uh, yeah, not trying I, to hear people talk during the game. I'm just sure. trying to watch the game. 
I, I will say it's a little bit guest dependent, but but Peyton and Eli are definitely doing a a good job of of giving some insight and and yeah. talking through the game and and you know, know. Island, Island games are they're a little bit of a gamble sometimes. Sometimes just watching the game isn't the most fun thing in the world. I know, I know. I just I, <laughs> for whatever reason, like the whole second screen experience is like a it's a whole discussion thing to me, and I don't really care for it. Like, and I've been on shows that are like supposed sure. to be the second screen experience and. I'm like, I wouldn't watch this. I'm just sure, trying to watch sure. a game. Uh, um, no, I'm for but it. No, I, I, I know. I, it's just, I haven't talked about that anywhere yet. So I'm glad we, uh, somebody I like as much as you, I can have this conversation with as opposed to like, uh, like I said, I would I, never. I'm, t- I'm also an island game curmudgeon. So, uh, so maybe really? you take uh, what I say with I'm a like grain, an island grain of salt. Game. <laughs> I'm like an island game enthusiast, even bad <laughs> island games, dude. I'm like, well, give me. Give me the trash. I love the trash. Like, I, you know, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I would never tweet about this because, I mean, I hate Twitter and, like, I don't need anyone's thoughts about I'm just trying not to be like the, like I said, like what you like, TJ. You and every other Manning uh, bro out there, like, enjoy the Manning cast. It's just, I just, and I'm sure it's good. I just don't, I just don't want it. I'm sure I'm sorry for hitting a sweet spot. Add no, pay, add Peyton and Eli to the Matt enemy list today. <laughs> I mean, I don't think <laughs> if I could think of two people like we saw Eli give the old double finger there. Yeah. I'm sure he could, could not give two flying F's about what I think about his broadcast. That's for sure. Anyways, that's enough of that. What we really what the people really want to hear about, not my thoughts on the Manning cast. They want to hear about want to hear about the old defenses and especially TJ. I'm glad you had the stones to put the Jaguars here uh, because I thought about it and didn't. Yeah, the, I mean, this one's pretty simple. Going back to uh, to that Monday night game, uh, Saints and, and and Seahawks. I mean, the Seahawks just just look bad with with Geno under center, and you're getting Jaguars at the stone minimum. Seattle is 31st in adjusted sack rate allowed. So even though they're going to try to establish the run, the Seahawks are, and, and Geno's not going to give you a, a ton of turnover opportunity. They're just. Uh, uh, basically a horrific offense with with Gino in there, and they're going to let uh, defenses get after him when he does, the few times he does drop back. So I've mentioned kind of leaning into a, a studs and duds type build this week, and I think it's a really good week to pay all the way down, so why not do it against uh, one of the worst offenses in the league right now? Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, that makes a ton of sense. That makes a ton of sense right there. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think that the Jaguars are perfectly in play. Like you're just basically looking for a couple sacks, like, like a turnover or something, for them to meet that value. It's perfectly yeah. fine. And there. you mentioned you mentioned Robinson, so there's a little mini correlation. Play. A little mini correlation there. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll have to flip that up there. Uh, I think the Steelers are also pretty like underpriced at 15 bucks. Uh, I, like, I don't really care who plays quarterback, whether it's Case Keenum, Baker Mayfield, whatever. But even if it's Baker, honestly, that might be better because. Mm-hmm. You know, I just don't think he's going to be the same dealing with that shoulder injury all year. The Steelers are third in the NFL uh, in pressure rate right now. We know the pressure leads to sacks. Sacks uh, lead to fantasy points, or they also could lead to turn. You know, pressure leads to turnovers too. And I think Baker's perfectly, perfectly content to have those turnover moments right now. Just fifteen bucks. Mm-hmm. Fifteen bucks. I think they're a pretty good uh, value. Yeah, I, I think that it will be a a very defensive game. So I'd like Steelers there. Love it. All right, let's talk flex plays. Uh, Devontae Smith, TJ, I, he's got to have a big game at some point, man. I'm going back to the well. I was going to take the easy <laughs> route. I'm, I was going to take the easy route with DeAndre Swift, but I mean, let's have some fun with Devontae. Um, you're getting still getting a pretty decent price discount. Listen, I know Jalen Hurts has been struggling as a passer. I know they're talking about maybe benching him for Gardner Minshew. 
Oh this boy. Detroit defense, last in fantasy points per pass attempt allowed. They've allowed the fifth most tar- uh, fantasy points per target on deep targets, uh, 15 plus or more air yards. Devontae Smith expected fantasy points per game over the last three, up there with guys like Tyreek, Diggs, Darren Waller, uh, Chris Godwin. So the usage is there, the usage, uh, the, the deep usage, the volume, the the few targets near the goal line that they they do have. Uh, so I'm I'm going to gamble on the defense matchup that Hurts at least gives us one week of a good passing attack that Smith finally turns that usage um, into some work. So I mean you're you're not playing them in, in cash games or anything like that, but I I do like attacking this Detroit pass game and and Detroit they the. I think a lot of people might look at something like raw fantasy points and think Detroit, they're not that bad against the pass. Well, they've faced the fewest pass attempts in the league by a <laughs> huge margin. So last in fan, and that's because they're, they've always been behind. So they're, they're last in pass attempts against, but they've still allowed the 11th most points to quarterback. So the efficiency Oof. is just like through the roof against them. Yikes. Tough scene for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I think Smith is is at some point going to have that big game. Pretty good matchup for this to be the time. Uh, I will play it safe here and just talk Chris Godwin at 25. Mm-hmm. Look, I think that in a world without Antonio Brown, which is the world we're going to be living in here for at least a little bit, you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin would be like 30 plus receivers. You know, that, and that's yes. how I would value them in my mind. We're not yeah, going to yeah. get Brown in this game. God, uh, uh, Gronk comes back. That's fine. I just still think Godwin will retain a pretty huge red zone role. Um, and obviously going into this matchup with the New Orleans Saints, we know the storied history of uh, Marshawn Lattimore just like getting, he played, oh, mm, that mm, boy, mm, he plays mm. his best ball against old Mike Evans. Mm. So we'll see. Maybe that's, a, it's a, that's actually could be an opportunity to go contrarian if you want to be risky there and play Evans over Godwin. But I still think I'm going to stick it safe with Godwin here. Yeah, what do you do we know 100% of Gronk is playing for sure we're recording this on on Thursday um limited participant in practice I believe on Thursday but uh, I it's sounding like he's trending towards playing by Saturday we might yeah. have a much better idea of that. Yeah, he 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 it looks like likely based on his practice report from Thursday where he got it he got a decent bit in so um yeah, I mean I I'm projecting as if he's going to be back but could obviously be wrong about that. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm but yeah, all Either way, Godwin and the Bucks passing game in general, a great play this week. Love it. All right, let's talk fades here. You're talking 49ers. I would love to fade the 49ers. I would love to fade them out of my memory. <laughs> um, Elijah Mitchell, I think, is going to be popular as a paydown option at running back all the way down at $20. Um, he's seen, he saw 75% of the backfield work last week. I mean, my concern here is both of these teams want to run the ball. Both of them are, are poor offenses. It's going to be just a slow-paced run-it game. And we talked about where you should be searching for touchdowns, especially in tournaments. So, even if Elijah Mitchell does get 75% of the backfield work, I just don't think there's much upside in this offense, especially he's give, he's basically a zero in the passing game right yep. now. So when you give, when you add that on there with how slow this game, I think is going to pace. Um, I'm just not really looking if, especially if, and this is with the assumption that Elijah Mitchell is like going to approach like a 20% rostered rate. Um, I would just much rather save salary and chase upside elsewhere. Yeah, I totally, uh, I, I totally stamp approve that one. Um, you know, it sounded like Debo's a little banged up. So mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe Ayuk will do more than just run wind sprints. We'll see. I mean, he's getting his, his cardio, cardio in. His weekly cardio exercise. Yeah, he's, 
He's the in Sunday the, cardio. He is in the best shape of his life, man. <laughs> when it comes to the end of season race, he is going to kick everybody's ass there. That's for sure. Uh, what a what a win for the good guys on that one. Um, my my fade this week, and I I literally wrote gulp mm. in the outline because like yes. I hate I hate to say it. But Jamar Chase at $31, I think, is a decent fade this week. There's just so many guys in good spots. And also, really, like, I just want to – this is, like, not an anti-Jamar Chase take. Those should literally be illegal at this point. Mm -hmm. Like, you should be exiled from society if you want to have those. You should have been all along, but right now especially, we can just go ahead and get you out of here at this point. Um, But I I really just wanted to kind of ram in a T. Higgins take on this one. Uh, Mm -hmm. Over the last three weeks, T. Higgins is averaging 9.3 targets per game, 94 air yards per game. Like The volume is still there for T. Higgins and the price discrepancy between 31 for Chase, 16 for T. Higgins um, is huge. Like I wouldn't be shocked if T. Higgins... Like, look, Jamar Chase is is a great player. He is like, uh, um, dude, I've been look. I've been charting this guy recently. He's like a already a top 10, 12 receiver. He has no weaknesses in his game. It's unbelievable. Legitimately, he's good at everything. But T. Higgins is a pretty good player, too. Like, he's he's a fine number two receiver going in a matchup where they're 10 and a half point road favorites are the Bengals over the New York Jets. Like, why can't T. Higgins outscore Jamar Chase this week? It would be it wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprising at all. And there's just. Uh, he's he's more almost half his he's almost double his his salary is uh is Jamar Chase over T Higgins. I I think not I think I know one of the reasons that a lot of people struggle in DFS is because that last statement why can't T Higgins outscore Jamar Chase this week and people just don't understand ranges of outcomes and the likelihood of that is so much higher than our our brain wants to perceive it and not just that but with guys like Jamar and Cooper Cup. It, when we're fading these guys in DFS, there's no metric that's going to tell us that it's a bad yeah. play. These yeah. are strictly like game theory fades that going back to our original point, if everybody's paying up for these for these wide receivers and very specific wide receivers, Diggs, Jamar, Chase, Cooper Cup, and nobody's paying up for the running backs, you're just looking for a way to be unique. You're being unique with really good players, but I think it's really hard, especially for newer DFS players, to look at that, look at a raw projection, look at the last three weeks of fantasy production and say, well, you're dumb if you don't play those guys. And (laughs) maybe you are, but that's not how you win at DFS. It's at least worth having the conversation, like you said, being open-minded to these things. So definitely. All right, TJ, that was a jam-packed show of a lot of plays and a lot of weird uh, anecdotes by me. And I apologize for wasting everybody's time on those, not the plays part, but uh, definitely the, some of the weird anecdotes. Anyways, TJ. Tell, tell the people out there, if they found this at the Yahoo yes. Fantasy Football Forecast feed, tell them about DFS MVP. DFS MVP is uh, every Friday streaming uh, all of our values across the entire DFS industry. Every Monday, we are also streaming our cash game review, looking back on all of our lineups uh, from Sunday. Both of those are with my co-host, Matt Savoka. And then Sunday morning, if you want one more uh, bite of what we're talking about here, getting into our final look on GPPs, we do our last look show on Sunday morning on the 4 for 4 subscriber only Discord. That's with Jordan Vanek. That one is at 8 in the morning uh, Pacific time, Mm. 11 a.m. Eastern time. So make sure you're checking that out on Sunday mornings. Up early for the people there on on Pacific Coast time, TJ. West Coast, best coast. 
Well, yeah, damn right, buddy. That's the truth. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you found this from the DFS MVP feed, uh, give Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast a spin. I am on the Sunday uh, recap show where I do not tell stupid personal anecdotes. I just recap the games with Liz Loza. We do the Stat Nerd uh, podcast with Dalton Del Don in the middle of the week. That was, a, I think it was a great show this past week. If you're still checking this out on Saturday, go uh, check out the stat show from Thursday. All right, that will do it for ev- us. That will do it for us here. Uh, I'm at Matt Harmon underscore BYB on Twitter. That's at TJ Hernandez. Check us out on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. We're out.